For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Chandler Gwadney, and I'm joined in the studio today by Brother David Allen, today's devotional speaker and a member of the Education Department here at BYU-Idaho. Thanks for joining me. Oh, you bet. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So we're here to talk about your devotional. Let's start with this question. What was the process like of getting your devotional ready to go and coming up with a topic that you did? Well, they asked me clear back in July to get ready for it, and uh, and I was glad because it was on my break, so I could really take some time to think about it. But it's pretty clear right away that uh, the topic, because for the last 22 years I've been teaching and working with children, and I look at all these new little families starting here at BYU-Idaho, and boy, do they need to hear how important children are in their lives. So my topic is on children. Yeah, I like that. First of all, I guess I should start with this, but congratulations, you got a new daughter-in-law. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure that was at the top of your mind when you thought about this devotional. Yeah. So, yeah. That's and, awesome. And my 14 grandchildren. And your 14 <laughs> grandchildren. That's great. That's great. So you talk about in your devotional how the journey of becoming is like it's in progress and it needs to, it's not a done deal yet. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Well, it kind of came out as some words that the sealer said in the temple when my son got married. And uh, it made me think about how this life is all about developing. And uh, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about development. Um, and guess what? We're all developing. And, and I've thought about this. My, my dad actually just passed away this uh, last summer, too. And uh, um, I just thought a lot about how we need a whole lifetime to become who we're supposed to become. And, and the journey isn't over until it's over. And what a blessing it is that we have each day of our life. Absolutely. Um, a little bit later in the talk, you talk about how children laugh 300 times a day and adults laugh like 17 times a day and that made me think of second nephi 225 right men are that they might have joy and that is interesting to me because we talk about how as we grow up we we lose that childhood innocence and we lose that ability to find the world laughable funny entertaining a little bit more than than children do obviously and your whole point of your talk is to, to learn how to, how to become like a little child, the good and the bad, right? We have that good and the bad, the children, but we don't want to, we want to get rid of the bad necessarily, the tantrums and the things like that, but we want to keep that innocence and that vulnerability of a child. Is that, is that right? Did I? Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And you know, this interesting thing as we, as we try to become like what Heavenly Father wants us to be like. I think the world becomes more simple like that. Um, we get so caught up in all the things the world offers sometimes or sometimes gets in our way or just the trials of life. But if we can kind of have that childlike innocence and rely on Christ, what a blessing it is. And, and, and life becomes happy and simple again. Yeah. The, you talk and you talk about the good and the bad of children. And that made me think, how has your experience in the education field, your 22 years plus of experience, influenced the way you see children in the good and the bad? Well, one thing I've learned is that most of the time when you see a poor behavior, 
It's just a form of communication. Um, and, and, and most of the time, children are really not misbehaving, so to speak. I mean, they're doing things we don't want them to do, but they're also just trying to react in a way they know how to react. They don't know the right way to react. And, and, and actually, they're feeling some emotions they've never felt before. And so think about you. If, you. if you had an emotion you never felt before and you never really had much experience, you might just get upset or you might pout or run away or whatever because that's all you know. But, but actually, these, these experiences, if a parent's in the right frame of mind or, a, or an adult or a teacher, it's actually a great teaching moment. And we actually want them to kind of go through these emotions so that we can help them become what they're supposed to become. Yeah. That's, it's important to, to see them for what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. And understand them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Heavenly Father, right, he wants, we're little children um, in his eyes, in the gospel and in, in this life, right? We're in a, in a small testing period and we are little children. We don't know how to react to, to things that get sent our way sometimes, even as adults, right? And so I can only imagine on a larger scale what Heavenly Father is thinking as we go through these things. He's like, you got it. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. That's not necessarily the reaction that we want, but you got it, you know? So Yeah, I'm sure we look like two-year-olds to him sometimes. Right. <laughs> and, absolutely. But he's there to help us. And yeah. he's perfect at it, so. Yes, absolutely. And talking about that, I guess one of the main questions I had diverging off of that other question, how has learning and experience that you've had with uh, children shaped the way that you see your relationship with Heavenly Father? Yeah, well, I definitely realize that sometimes we all, and, and myself, we do act like children. <laughs> and 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 I think it's interesting that in conference, the prophets ask us to think celestial. And I think that's a maturing. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes we act and um, respond and develop, and we do struggle in this life. And um, our relationship with God is to help us to mature spiritually and to become what we're supposed to become. And, and I think that's where faith comes in. We finally have to just realize... Uh, in ourselves, that we're we're children of God, He knows what's best for us, and just start to just fully rely on Him, even when things seem like they're not going our way, and even when our prayers are not being answered. Do we have enough faith to just say, "Okay, God, You know what's best for me. I'll endure. I'll try to learn. I'll try to grow. I'll be patient, and I'll be as teachable as I can." It's not easy to do a lot of the times, but I think. That's what I've learned, that, that we just have to have faith because he is that parent that really knows everything. Kind of midway through your talk, you talk about how students here, they did not have the best, some of them did not have the best growing up atmosphere and their parents were not the best. Um, the situation that they grew up in was not the best, but they have a chance to change that as they become parents and as they um, get married and have children what advice would you give to a young couple who is reluctant to to have children, either because of their own experience or because of just the world that they would be raising their children in? What advice would you give to them? 
Yeah. Well, I can just speak mostly from personal experience. I, I had a great childhood, so I can't, I can't say what it's like to have to break that, that uh, pattern. However, I've seen people that have. And, but what I do know, this, I know this, if you're trying to have a family that's more like a family that God wants, I know the greatest blessings come to those who are trying to do that. And I can testify in my own life that that's what I've seen as I've raised my own family and strived. And, and I had great parents, but I did change things that I hope made things a little bit better. And, and I know the Lord blessed me. And, and it was hard to see those things sometimes because my parents were great and, and I really appreciated what they did for me. And they spent a lot of time trying to help me um, develop. But I also felt things that needed to change as I started my own family. And um, that's the beautiful thing about the gospel is when we try to live it, we can change generations to follow. Um, what we do now is going to have an impact on people who follow. And you'll be blessed. If you try, the Lord will help you, and you'll be blessed. We see that cycle a lot through the Book of Mormon. Um, Nephi, right? He was taken out of Jerusalem. He was going through all these patterns. His dad died. He got in a fight with Laman and Lemuel. They ended up breaking off. Um, And Nephi, through his righteousness, was able to bless hundreds and hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds of years away after he passed away. It was just that cycle that he had created and um, the, the parenting that comes from that, right? We talk about Alma, the elder who taught his son, right? His son kind of went off the beaten path, um, but he was able to redirect through some divine intervention. What advice would you give to parents who have children who may be struggling spiritually, who don't know how to, or the best way to get their children back on, on the path? Well, I believe you never give up because you never know. And, and another thing that I think is important is that, that even though people are on a different path sometimes, it doesn't mean they're not developing. I've seen this with uh, my father-in-law. He wasn't a member of the church. He did join before I married my wife, but he wasn't a member, but he he became something. He was on a different path, and then eventually he became who he was supposed to become. And and I think that's true with our, our children that are a little wayward. We can't give up on them. They're on a path. They're learning things. But you never know when that right moment's going to come. You never know when you're going to have that chance to say or do something. And another thing that I worry about is that parents that may have struggled and maybe felt like they made mistakes, it's not too late to ask for forgiveness and set an example from this point on. Because um, parents that have struggled, because some parents do, um, you can still have an impact on your family. I love that. Because we talk about children going off sometimes, and parents struggle too, and we need to remember them. And Heavenly Father remembers them, and he's still guiding them and helping them to, to regain that, that composure and that way on their, on their path back to him. I love that you've mentioned how people are still progressing, even though they may be on a different path, they're still making their way. And um, it reminds me of a lot of, I guess, the general conference talk where it talks about the analogy of the slope, right? As long as we're, we're in an upward 
direction, then we're, we're going where we need to be. And um, that may take lots of dips and valleys for different people, but as long as we end on this upward trajectory, we're, we're going to be okay. And it, I guess that takes me to my next question. You talked about your meeting you had with Kim B. Clark, the former president of BYU-Idaho, and you talked about um, how he wanted expectations to be high and love to be high and how we can get the best results out of the students in that, in that way. Um, and you kind of matched that up with the feelings we had gen- during general conference this past is a couple weeks ago now, um, how sometimes we feel like when we come out of a session, we feel loved. We feel so loved by Heavenly Father, but we also feel like he wants us to change. And he's, he's not exactly, he's happy with where we are, but he expects us to do more. Um, could you expand on that a little bit? Sure. You know, what's interesting is that um, Richard G. Scott was at that meeting too. And I asked him the question, that question, and he deferred it to President Clark. And, uh, um, and so it was an interesting process. But I think it is important, and I've learned this also a lot with my students, if you don't have expectations, you don't really love your students. And, and a parent that doesn't have expectations for their child doesn't really love them because that's, that's saying that, oh, you're okay the way you are. You're okay. I don't care if you progress. I just believe, and it's so clear now to me after being around for a few years, that God expects a lot from us because he loves us so much. And uh, I know sometimes with my own children, I remember I wanted to tell them to work on something, but I also didn't want to hurt their feelings. And, and it was a balancing act because, because if, you, if you talk too much on things they should work on, then they would interpret, oh, I'm not doing very good. And so one of the things I discovered was, was just to compliment them on the things that they were doing. And then, um, and then in a more subtle way, talk about next steps. And that seemed to build them. But, but you also want to be careful not to avoid helping them see, hey, here's some places to improve on. Because if you really love children, you're going to take the time to help them become what they can become and, and challenge them, you know? And that struggle is through every facet of life. I mean, we struggle with trying to help anybody grow and whatever they're doing. Um, I remember on my mission, like we had comp inventories, right? Yeah. I love comp inventories, but they were they were challenging because we would say, I, I love you, but you need to need to progress in this way. And I imagine I don't have children, but I would imagine it's similar. And um, that love runs even deeper. And so... Thank goodness for a perfect parent. Thank goodness for Heavenly Father and for his all-knowing, all-seeing eye that he, he guides us no matter what we are doing, where we go, and he knows what's best for us. And he knows the perfect way to kind of break it to us, I guess you could say. And that's, that's comforting to me. And um, yeah. And the sad thing, I mean, the, not the sad thing, but the reality of things is that even God sometimes may need to be a little bit harsh. Most of the time he's kind. But 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 he's he's got to figure out a way to get our attention, and our progress is means more to him than um, just our comfort, and uh, and so that's the great thing about trying to have an, a broken heart and a contrite spirit, because if we really are paying attention to what we should be doing and we're kind of evaluating ourselves and we're humbling ourselves, then God's going to have a better chance of helping us. 
if we try to, you know, if we try to do our part to be humble and teachable. Yeah. You had mentioned in the discussion board, um, the pre-devotional discussion board, this question, and I want to kind of turn it on you and have you answer it as well. And that is, um, the question that you asked was, how do you find peace and joy in the Lord when overcoming weaknesses and trials? So how do you do that? Well, that, sometimes that's the hardest time to feel when you're in a crisis. And then um, the second question kind of talks about sin too, you know. And, and sometimes when you, we feel like we're inadequate or whatever, that's the hardest time to feel the peace and love. But this is what I found in my own life, is that we're not gonna, we can't do this by ourselves, and and um, and I think we spend most of our life, and maybe people are better at this than I, but I feel like I've spent most of my life trying to fix everything myself. But I realized a few years ago that I can't do it, and and I finally just said my hope is in Christ and when I said that it didn't change much in terms of where I was at on my development but what it did change is I knew that he was there and he was going to help me and and we and there's more peace in that than anything else and guess what I still have to get up tomorrow morning I still have to look at my weaknesses and try to try to work on them, but I know that I have hope in Christ, and I know that He loves me, and He's going to help me. I don't know when I'm going to get there, but like I said, it might take the whole lifetime to do it. But I know He's there, and what what better peace can we look for than that? Knowing that somebody is taking care of everything, and and now we just need to do our best and do it because we love Him, and not just to fix ourselves, but because we love Him, we, we're going to try to do better. Last question, is there anything else that we should have covered or talked about that you would like to even expound upon um, before we close out the interview? I think we hit most everything. I, I just hope that people walk away, number one, knowing that um, to love their children. And part of the, my message was to, to remember to receive little children in Christ's name. And, I, and it was funny, when I was preparing for the talk, I, w- I knew it was going to be on children, so I, the first part of the scripture in Matthew, everyone's familiar with, be as little children, right? And they think about that. But it really struck me really hard when I read the next verse or so, where it said that we receive children in Jesus Christ's name. And I go, what does that mean? And, and it, it kind of had a revelation that, oh, that means treating children Christ-like. That's how we receive children. And, you know, you think about what the prophets said lately about when you're in a stressful situation, remember Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to do with our children. And I know that that's a blessing. And I know that if we do that, um, we'll have some great experiences with our children. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Brother David Allen. He is a faculty member in the special education uh, education department here at BYU-Idaho and today's devotional speaker. Thank you so much. You bet. It's great to be here.